Before we jump right into the conversation, I would like to give a spoiler warning for Agatha Christie's crime mystery, Murder on the Orient Express. So if you don't want us spoiling the ending, first go and read the novel or see any of the many adaptations and then come back. That being said, enjoy. Welcome to Like Mother, Like Son, Like Movies. I'm Aaron and I'm here with my mother, Lisa. Hello. And we have a very special guest, uh, a recurring uh, person who comes to our podcast, Vincent. Hello. Uh, today we are going to talk about Agatha Christie, Hercule Poirot, and especially three uh, adaptations from her book, The Murder on the Orient Express. First of all, just to set the record straight, me and my mother, we are like huge Poirot fans. Yes. Yeah, we love Agatha Christie. Like, you have already from childhood, back in your childhood, you have a story, like, you have a connection and relation with yes, Poirot. Yes, my father bought all the books on the day they came to the shop. Mm-hmm. It's on the spot in Finland, in Finnish, and uh, he he got them all. And then... He, we had a whole collection, the first editions of Infinity, mm. and it's, and I have, by the way, given them to Aaron. He has the position of them, and one is the Orient Express. Mm-hmm. Wasn't it like half, like other half went to your sister? Or no, that he bought all the series, all the detective stories on mm. the series. So uh, the Agatha Christie's I took. Ah, yeah, yeah. So that, it was that, yeah. that thirty-two. Them, I don't know, a lot. Mm-hmm. And so. In a way that um, you had to wait, he, your father had to wait until the next book came Can out. Can you imagine? He well, couldn't hardly, he could hardly wait. But, but, but also it, it, it are translated to Finnish, so it took like another maybe two years to translate mm-hmm. that time, to Finland. In 1950, yeah. whenever they came, 1950, 60, 70. So in that series, Salama series, it's called Salama series. Lightning. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Ah, and yeah. the wonderful <laughs> covers, the drawings on them. Yeah, I remember yeah. the covers. Yeah, oh, we could find these ones, this Orient Express cover. Mm. Yeah. You it, can put it on the blog. Be- yeah, yeah, beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And so I have read them in my teenage. I was allowed because my father liked it. Yeah. He w- gave, it, gave it to me to read. So, so you read Orient Express already when you were a teenager? Yeah, but when did it come? I, I didn't. Find out that when did it came. Yeah, actually nobody did. Yeah. So yeah, so so we already we and then I I I, I read uh, later on, but I also I think I first saw the TV series. Like I think Vincent also was introduced first into the the Poirot, uh, Agatha Christie's Poirot yes. series with David Suzette. Oh. Yes, uh, and then I read I think the books. Yeah. I think afterwards. I was introduced before there was TV. <laughs> <laughs> In Finland. Uh-huh. <laughs> so, and we decided to have three movies because there is like 
10 adaptations or eight, like countless adaptations of Murder on the Orient oh, Express, really? like yeah. five or something, I don't know. Uh, I thought that there's only, after these three, there's uh, Alfred Molina version. It's a TV, mini Yeah, and a Japanese version from 2015. And there's a video game with David Susha as the voice. Really? Which I played. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, with my ex-girlfriend. We uh, we got it and then we... It's it's like an adventure game. Mm. You know, point-and-click adventure and it's David Suchet's Poirot. But, but it's it's so weird to think like compared to that because it's like they, they add so much extra stuff, puzzles and things to keep it interesting because yeah. it wouldn't translate very well into a game. It is Orient Express game, not Poirot game. Orient Express, and they made other Poirot games also. Oh, yeah. They have made several Holmes games and stuff. Of course, it's like detective mystery. Mm. So it became like a kind of a entertainment. It is entertainment. In the beginning, even Agatha Christie wrote it as entertainment. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Murder. It's, murder. It, why, why, would, yeah. why would all these, you know... People in their homes, ooh, murders! Like, and then we watch all these TV shows, like Midsummer Murders. Ah, oh, I never thought these detective it's, stories it's, are entertaining. Yeah, it's like you are you 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 just read about killing, yeah, over and over again. But it's like you said really nicely about what attracts crime uh, stories and mystery novels. Oh, what did I say? You said <laughs> <laughs> that it's the pleasure of. Finding out the solution into the mystery. Yes, but the pleasure of that your mind can put into one piece and complete something because the life is random, chance always, and you can't complete anything. Mm -hmm. You have no hope. Random, 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 anything. So puzzle you can complete into picture. Going, going uh, into Poirot. Yes. Uh, just to like. Uh, clarify because we we were there is indeed like you said there's five adaptations what you listed mm. of murder uh, on the Orient Express and I thought it's too much to compare five adaptations and watch them and do a whole analysis and somebody should really make a book out of that you know but it's not our job so we selected three yes and the three movies are uh, we selected was first the First adaptation of Mur Murder on the Orient Express, I think, mm -hmm. if I understood, mm -hmm. is the Sidney Lumet, 1974, with Albert Finney as Poirot, and one of the most popular, I think, maybe in, in, in overall, people tend to refer a lot into that uh, Orient Express, like that's the definite movie. And then we saw the... Uh, chronologically, the next one in 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 in, in production was the um, from the from the, the episode from the TV series from Agatha Christie's Poirot with David Suchet at Poirot, and the director was Edward Bennett. Yeah, and um, and then and then of course because the movie that started this whole idea of the podcast, we watched the Kenneth Branagh's movie. Uh, and, and and it was Kenneth Branagh plays David uh, David Suzet. No, he plays <laughs> Poirot. See, I'm all confused. There's so many characters. No, it's true as well. He plays also. Yeah, must have watched the previous movies. Of course, there's so, and we will yeah. get into that. Enjoy there's so many, 
preachers so, and they're like copying it. So what you say is, is correct. Yeah, he's playing all, this shit, this shit as well. Yeah, they're all playing each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it was kind of a slip, but a real um, I think I think many people will um, will agree with me that the version you saw first, or like in music, the the version of a song you heard first, mm. it doesn't have to be necessarily the the original one, mm. but that's the one you appreciate the most. Mm. And then the other ones afterwards, you compare, and then you say, well, it's 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 like him, but it's not the real. Uh, that's why you think that this Albert Finney, the first one, is the best. No, the second one. <laughs> because he saw David Suzette first. I, yeah. what, I saw the yeah, first. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. okay. Yeah. Like chron chronologically, of course, Finley was the opinion, was the, was the first, but for me, Suzette was the first. But yeah. And the origin. Uh, I don't think so. That, that uh, first one, where you, ha you happen to see the first one, it's the what you will be impressed most. I think in this case, you I would be, I'm impressed most of Suchet, David Suchet, mm -hmm. even if I don't see, I see it last, because it's yeah. incomparable. Uh, just to kind of, in this between to say, because I, I didn't say it in the beginning, is that because about Vincent, why, why actually we chose to also, not only because he's part of this discussion and from the beginning, he was emailing us and everything. <laughs> we also felt that it was very interesting opportunity because we, with my mother, we are like long time Poirot fans. Of course, Vincent is also, but Vincent is also Belgian. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, and and Poirot is of course famously a Belgian detective. So we it was it was kind of an opportunity to also give that 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 uh, Belgic touch. That Belgic touch and mm -hmm. kind of uh, perspective to it and opinion, like how how well these adaptations yeah. reflect That's his country and his culture. And stuff. Of course, um, Vincent is is Flemish, Flanders, uh, mm. Flanderen, or how do you say it? Uh, Van Vlaanderen. I'm, I'm from Vlaanderen. Yes. Yeah, and uh, and Bel and and uh, Poirot is like Valoni. He's from the French speaking part. Yeah. Which is a bit different. But in that time, when this, uh, it's like uh, usually I think uh, the time period I how I understood is like it takes time between World War One and World War Two. I think yes. the the Poirot uh, stories usually. Mm -hmm. And this Orient Express is yeah. So it's before time. Second World War and stuff. And I think in that time it was basically all over French in in Belgium, no. Because like the main language everywhere. It was the important language, and if you want, if you like, you, you could, without going too deep into history, but um, um, it's it's maybe three generations ago that if you wanted to mean anything in Belgium, I know my grandmother told me many times because she was a bit almost let's say frustrated about it. Uh, if you wanted to mean anything in Belgium, then you had to be able to speak French. Like big companies would only hire you when you were when mm -hmm. you could, mm -hmm. because that it was like the, but but there has been Dutch back then as well. I mean, yes, yeah. so it was Flanders. Yeah, Flanders was always Dutch spoken. And but Flemish. And well, if if he if if his mother tongue would have been Dutch. Th that would be a very special case. That would be a very special. And that he would be in London. 
and and speak yeah. with Dutch accent or say Dutch uh, mm. words between and stuff like you mean that? I mean um, because he's a very special man. We in he's very um, elegant and mm. well, and Flemish people can be elegant, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but um, be careful how you say yeah, the accent. Yeah. He's he's uh, obviously. Um, from a higher social class, he has his mm. manners very mm. uh, delicate and um, and fine. And I I think back then, um, well, if you had to guess, well, it 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 surely had to be um, like, well, let's say, yeah, French speaking or or more. Up, up level and then and then well they just it was the system back then in Belgium mm -hmm. yeah uh, if you were important if you were like high high class high society then mm. and that's that's obviously um, how he how he's pretending to be or how he's I don't know in that time it, it if if in that time if if Belt, if Poirot would come to London and stuff, would he actually even show his Dutch Flemish side like he would want to he want to present French side of him to the high class because they would all think that that's the good oh, part he of has a dark secret like Maybe we don't know. We don't know. Mm. But yeah like I mean do you know from the books and stuff? I think considering uh, concluding from Agatha Christie so she, I remember what she said herself that she wanted to make this little bit by purpose Belgic person, and she knew only French mm -hmm. because yes, because she was in English and from London, yeah, so yeah. she knew that. I don't know if she made so much uh, research about it. No, like. but she was traveling a lot. She was traveling in the in the yeah. East and yeah, the yeah. Niles and things. She was actually traveling. There's a book about her travels. Uh huh. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so she knows. Actually, it explains death in the Nile and all And this. she knew France for yeah. sure, and she could talk French, French mm. and so on. So I don't think it is. Maybe she wanted uh, it to be French Belgian, like yeah, that so was a perfect combination. She said that she didn't want him to be French, huh. but she made a little twist and so made yeah. it Belgian. My best guess is he's from somewhere in the middle. It's also a very Belgian thing to do to put things in the middle. He probably was from Brussels, and as you know or you mm -hmm. don't, Brussels is not Flanders, it's not Wallonia, it's the capital, it's the most important city uh, certainly back then, in the time, mm -hmm. and it's in between both sides of Belgium, so yeah. it's like in the middle, and back then for sure, and today still most people, if not all people, speak French in Brussels. You you worked in Brussels and you worked in French. Yes. So that says a lot yes. already. Yes. And well, there is an episode of Poirot in Agatha Christie's the TV series, and it, which which takes place in the old time, like in in his memories in Belgium. It's and and in the beginning of the the episode, he arrives in Antwerp train station. But then after that, they just filmed it there. But then he comes out in Brussels, and <laughs> the whole story takes place he in Brussels. He comes to get the medal, the prize from the his services in, as a policeman in Brussels. 
Yeah, and he. That's the reason why he's in there. But in Antwerp's case, yeah, 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 but he, but but he, he, so so he he lived in Brussels. Apparently. Yeah, yeah. He oh, was a policeman in Brussels, a, so that that's already concludes. Yeah, as a young man. Kind of, yeah. And then so, moved luckily to London and started to show Mister <laughs> left the police force. So now yeah. we are established. With, huh? Yeah, yeah. Who who is Poirot and everything? Yeah. But see, um, um, maybe maybe we should just go uh, start off. Uh, from from the first movie from Sydney, Albert Finney, Sidney Lumet. Yeah, so um, I I read that uh, Agatha Christie was still alive when she went to the premiere of this movie when she, wow. she was eighty oh. years old, a little bit older, something oh. around eighty. Yeah. She actually didn't. Apparently, she died quite afterwards. Like not so. Uh, Long time afterwards, she, she died. Do we know how she died? Was, uh, it, was it suspicious? <laughs> that this is a book of its own. And uh, uh, reportedly, she said that, that this movie, Sidney Lumet's Murder on the Express, was her favorite Poirot adaptation. Oh. She enjoyed this most from all other adaptations. She said, this is what I apparently imagined. And... She liked. She said that Albert Finney's uh, performance was most what, how she thought Poirot is. I think she been polite because, <laughs> <laughs> because she but, didn't see David Suchet ever. Yeah, but see, there is a clue here. Okay. She said honestly. She she was open about one thing. She said criticism. She hated Albert Finney's mustache, and in that. Movies. He has the the Albert Finney has this uh, trademark rounded yeah. uh, horn horns of mustache. And they're somehow here. Which yeah. which David Suzet used in the first seasons in the beginning also this rounded. Yeah. In, in this Orient Express, it's more straight, okay. more kind of realistic. Well, I stuff. think we have to give her. She was in old age then. <laughs> could be. Could be. But. It's interesting that you see this was polite about some, but then dared to be critical about others. Mm. So it sounded like she might have had honest opinion, but then again, she didn't see David Suchet. No, and, and it's what you say. It was most of her preference, but most doesn't mean it's good, right? Mm, yeah. It's better than the previous one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who knows how the previous one? Then must have been horrible. <laughs> yeah. We forgive her all this. But Sidney Lumet is a is a great director. He he yes. made Twelve Angry Men, which is one of I I consider a masterpiece. And he has this when you see his Orient Express, he has this ability to make it very like kind of clear or something. It's very easy to follow the process. He makes it into very clear segments. The later adaptations are like to mix it a little bit. But Sidney Lumet, it's like the beginning. We enter the train. The first night, bam, the murder happens. After that, the interviews, conclusion. A movie ends. And I was really like surprised. Like, oh, that's it? Like, so chronological, logical, step by step. This is the story. Mm-hmm. And, but, and it's, I think he, it, it, it's his strength to make it, because there's so many characters. It's kind of complicated plot con, 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 uh, compared to other, I think, other horror mysteries and Christie stuff. So I, I give it to him in that. Like I that's the positive thing I can say about it. 
is that. Oh, I can say also a positive thing about it. <laughs> that the, all the um, scenery, scenery cinematography there outside is marvelous. In the One, Istanbul and no, the beginning. On the tra- on the, yeah. When the train leaves, yeah. wonderful. And the scenery and the outside where that happens in the snow and so on. All the outside, it was strange to me that if, if, as if there was a different cinematographer inside the train and outside, because outside the train it was marvelous. I think the actors, the the acting was great as well. Of a lot of people, not not the figurants, always. Um, mm-hmm. But um, I, yeah. For me also, it it felt like. It's weird movie because some actors were some of the most horrible acting that I've seen, like uh, especially the Russian princes. I I was some it, <laughs> it, it was horrible to watch it unfold. It's yeah I, I cannot I cannot describe it. And and what there was another also yes, Ingrid Bergman oh, got yes. an Oscar for her part. This Swedish talking uh, yes. idiot. You know, yeah. and and see, I see, she's in this film as a Swedish uh, Catholic, uh, not Catholic, but Protestant, mm. or maybe she's Catholic, no, no, Christian. No, Protest Christian. And yes. it's it's just terrible. She's, and she got it. It was like eight Oscar nominations or something like this. I don't think she got. Yeah. And it was like for cinematography. Yeah. Nominated, uh, director and stuff. Blah blah blah. And only Berryman got Oscar for her Os- like Side. most obvious Oscar bait. Performance, oh, yeah. So silly, and it, uh, and it has she has like the least amount of screen time, and it's just basic, basically the Oscar came for one performance, which is this mm-hmm. long, when Poirot interviews her mm-hmm. as he, she's confused and stuff, and that's. So I say it straight away, yeah. What? That um, yeah, it's not nice for him to hear this if he hears. This. Albert Finney. Yeah. Oh no, yeah. Mm. So, so what do you think? What, what, what did I don't you take back my words. So, what did you thought about Alter Finney? So, we're going to the yes. lesser points? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, of course, we can totally open. Uh, still with on him? Yeah, yeah, what do you want to say? About well, why to make him? He's not in. Agatha Christie didn't write Boirot to be go, the neck, neck broken. <laughs> <laughs> or neckless. Neckless <laughs> and mumbling and shouting. Shouting under the moustache, and I don't even hear differ the words. That's just opposite what Agatha Christie did. Agatha Christie made made um, Hercule Poirot a clear thinking, clear voiced, open minded person. With good manners. With good manners. He's, he's very precise. He's not mumbling, he's not mumbling ever. <laughs> he's not running ever. He's not laughing, reading no, no. some funny books like this Kenneth Branagh did. And he's, I, don't, yeah. mm. I don't know the books. I haven't read it, but it's it, it, opposite. Opposite. It's described it's just, yeah. exactly how he is. And and David Suchet simply said he's acting the way she, she wrote. Mm-hmm. And that you know because you read it. Yeah. It's clear talking. Proud, nice, elegant, behaving, yeah, yeah, Yeah. and not hanging his head, hands down like a gorilla. Yeah, there's. It's like he's like like somebody took his like collar from the back and put it on a hook 
and he's like hanging and he's he's he talks like this because his face is stuck in his chest and his arms are just hanging. And, and there's no basic for that. There's no. They don't say any reason why he. I could take it if there was a reason. Yeah. But they don't say any reason that yeah. he had an accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Hey, and and this is only physical. I mean, these, that's only physical. These things, let's say, he, he cannot. Um, it's but not his fault. It cannot help that. Yeah, he cannot help being like that. He has this thing in his arm, <laughs> and mm. he has no neck and stuff. Um, but apart from this, mm. just to continue, mm. and um, of course both things go hand in hand, uh, or go very well hand in hand, he's uh, also deliberately being a, a bad person. Yeah, and, yeah. that's yeah. exactly what, right. <laughs> We all agree. He was kind of like, in, uh, there, yeah, hey, there was, hey, hey. Yeah, there was right. one point in the film where I'm, I'm looking at it openly on my sofa at home. You know, I was, and then in the middle of the whole thing, I realized this person looks like Hitler and behaves like Hitler. Hitler. How can Poirot <laughs> become Hitler? In the, yeah, yeah. He's shouting at everybody, angry. And, yeah, he's angry. Angry. Yeah, and, very, very low temperament. Like he can. He suddenly become really... Yeah. And mm. he has the hair like that, and then he has the eyes bulging out, and the... And the little moustache. Shouting, <laughs> yeah. And the moustache, and, and shouting sleep. like Very Hitler. Good. Whoa, whoa, whoa. He's the words Five murders! Out. Five murders! Yeah. So so I thought that this is not what I like. I know. And he, he when he goes to Conclude talk with the... My case. When he goes to talk with the princess, Russian princess, um, and and he just like sits in the on the edge of the sofa like hey, so what the then like it's like so how do you behave you know yeah. like and, and well, it's, it's clearly it's like manipulating yeah. the situation in the whole film because it's all about the interviews and how he manipulates kind of like how he gets info from them and stuff how he. Does yeah, process, you, but he, mm. that's not how Poirot does it. Yeah, you don't see in there that he gets any information that you don't see. It. Mm -hmm. We don't see it uh -huh. because he should get information and light bulb comes mm -hmm. up in his head. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I, I would, I, I, I was all the time like every, every uh, some minutes I was like getting a, another idea of how would I describe his performance, and then I came to the perfect conclusion. The way uh, Albertini plays Poirot, I don't know if you uh, will have the image in your head, but it's um, uh, you have seen the Pink Panther movies, yeah. You you know Peter Sellers uh -huh. Crusoe. So how I saw Albertini playing Poirot is as if he's playing Peter Sellers, who plays Crusoe, who plays Poirot. But in a that's how I saw it. Like yeah. it's, it's, it, he plays it exactly how Clouseau, like Peter Sellers, think Panther Clouseau plays his, like he would disguise himself as Poirot, and then he's like, "I'm going to investigate this." It's like a comedy, like a Peter Sellers performance, I think. Yeah, in yeah. My opinion. Yeah, that's that was very clear. It would me. have been better if they took Peter Sellers for it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it would have been more funny. Yeah, and also. He wouldn't have been so bad. 
So mm. angry. Yeah, I was a bad so person. I remember watching the movie and in the beginning, because I'm used to uh, sushi, of yeah. course. <laughs> and he's a nice guy. He's the nicest guy. He's like the great... You can feel it. Yeah, you can feel it. Direct, immediately. Um, so, and in the beginning, I remember the first scene we saw of, of um, <coughs> Fini was uh, on the boat and he was doing his nose um, in a... Yeah. Well, anyway. And and I was trying to find the good in him, mm. and and I remember in well I I kept on trying until the scene in the restaurant, not yet on the boat or on the train, but still in Istanbul I, I think, when he's sitting on the table and he sees uh, the director of the of the line of the train, yeah. and they're like old friends. Hey, wow, yeah, you're book. here. Mm. And then he's doing the thing with the food and with the drinks, mm -hmm. sp spilling it away. Do you remember? No. He's like, um, so he's he's actually very, um, well, uh, in a... Un-Belgic. Yeah, very un-Belgic, most un-Belgic, <laughs> of course, because we're modest. And he was on the contrary, he was like very expressively... Um, uh, commenting on on the the quality of the food and the drinks in the restaurant. He was like like. Do yeah, you call this coffee? This yeah. is no coffee, and, and then spills it away, throws it away. He he even tears apart the menu. Yeah, yeah, oh I remember God. that. The, yeah. From oh. that moment on, I knew. Okay, give it up. Stop finding something good in this man because he's horrible. Yeah. <laughs> no way. Okay, you can. I mean, you, you can you can prefer or or um, like of course Pago in all episodes he's a man who likes details who who is um, almost personally offended when eggs are not at the same size. Mm -hmm. That's fine, but how to deal with it? Mm -hmm. That's that's something else. Mm -hmm. in, in Unforgivable. Yeah, that's a very good point. Yeah. I think in in these kind of things, I I think if I think what director and writers were think, trying to think is that it, because one thing that is most trademark about Poirot is that he's a peculiar man. Yeah. He's, he's, yeah. There's a slight amount of eccentricism and peculiarity in him and he's odd. He's a very odd guy which is I think why Christie made, the, made, made yeah. also Belgium mm. is to have a little bit of something is like it's not the the the, the like something easy, like something. oh, he's English, French, or something. No, he's Belgian, yeah. and it's like something this small country know. and something a little something bit more. Something <laughs> Something, yeah, something interesting. Yeah, yeah, you can make whatever out of it. And and mm. and it would it be then considered a little bit offensive that you use Belgium as a way to give peculiarity to somebody mm. instead of mm. just having like. I will make a very nice Belgian character because they deserve to have have characters also. But is it yeah? You understand what I mean? Yeah. Is it more like they use it as this, like, something strange? Like, like in the stories, like they always say when Poirot is they doing something weird. It's yeah. like he's Belgian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. But he's very proud of it also. In as all the series, he always says it. they say he's French. He mm -hmm. said, "No, I'm Belgian." Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Is it something exotic? Yeah, and mm. and and it goes along with. That peculiarity and stuff, and then I feel like maybe 
they just didn't really understand it uh, to what the Felsen would actually do. But they thought that, okay, we need this guy to be peculiar and weird, so he will tear the menu and throw, you know, his weird. And his head is glued. Yeah. <laughs> But Albert Just Finney. for the record, Belgian Knicks exist. <laughs> <They're not> <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, like, I think Albert Finney in that sense is like most offensive adaptation of Belgium because it's very like offensive. making him like a mutated parrot. Or so you are you are very know. good in writing him off already yeah. when he throws the coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that moment, that's it was done. So but that was in the beginning. It was quite in the beginning. What it. And your mother also? Yeah, she was also a bit offended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so okay. So that before we go into the next movie, I want to like uh, to to mention and um, to slight very shortly talk about the ending of the first movie because I think in all of these movies the, the most interesting things for me at least I think is the ending, the ending solution, and how the movie treats the ending solution. That's what it gives. And, and, and how I observed in this Albert Finney one um, is that it was very interesting how the movie treated the ending and the people and how Albert Finney as Poirot reacted to everything. And it, it, was, it was a long explanation. It took like one third of the movie. I heard it was very hard to suit because they had to film it over and over and over again from different angles. And Albert Finney had to say the same monologue it was eight pages of script, very hard. So it's good for him. He 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 did. He was a professional actor who did his job. He delivered. It's, it's, you have to notice this, of course. And he, and Sidney Lumet is a good director. He, he can direct the scene. Uh, it's a good scene. Um, but I was so surprised that Albert Finney at the end of it all he makes this excellent. He famously has two explanations. It's the easy one or the complex one. And the easy one is that it's a mafia or something, and then the complex one is that it's all the people in the train mm. take the murder together. And in the end of it, he just sits down and says, "Yeah, but I suppose the easy one is nicer for the police." So uh, the director can choose, and then he just is, is silent. Like that's his contribution. Yeah. He just, he doesn't care. Albert Finney doesn't care at all what yeah. happens. There's yeah. no, nothing about the ethic mm. of, of, the, of, the, of the case. There, he, there's like nothing personal to him about it. And then the director says, yeah, it's easy to just say to the police that the murder, it's a mafia. Okay. And then everybody clings, and then the movie treats it as at the end. Everybody like clings their glasses and we see every, and they're all happy. And then, yes, we got away with this murder. <laughs> and then the same uh, happy-go-lucky music as in the beginning starts playing at the end. La, 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 la. And then we end. And it was like the most peculiar ending uh -huh. to this crime that happened. Yeah. yeah. Do you agree? Yeah. It, I, I think the ending with the other, as it is shown in the other movies, or not this way, makes makes one of the most important um, yeah. statements in, exactly. in the movie. Yeah. That's so, what I mean. Yeah. yeah, keeping it out, indeed, it's, it's... Because this is a real kind, a real problem, this murder. Yeah. Because it's a most terrible murder in ever. Yeah. And then, all, 
is it right or is it yeah. wrong? But this just is yeah. the whole... And mm. so he throws it out of the window. A lot more makes it yeah. double surprising that um, Agatha Christie herself likes this performance yeah. most. And the adaptation. Yeah, but 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 she wrote the book. Yeah, incredible. That's it. The story was with mm. with these focus points, mm -hmm. and then the story was made around it. Mm. But he forgets one of the most important. She wrote them in the time there was no chance that they were filmed. Mm -hmm. The books were, were not filmed, so she was kind of flattered that it was filmed. Probably. There is one other possibility. No. Maybe she was a um, fan of the character of Poirot, which is her right, of course. Yes. And she was talking about Poirot and not the story. No, yeah. so I, I read that she specifically liked the ah. adaptation, the movie, okay. and the, Both. the actor, okay, but that. not the mustache. But not the mustache. Which is a weird criticism detail. It says that she does have some kind of idea. Which was solved by the last, the most recent version, right? I'm sure Agatha would have liked this. That's like one of the biggest differences. Do, do you want to talk next about Kenneth Branagh? Yes. I, I heard about this movie, it came out, and I knew Kenneth Branagh is like this Shakespeare actor. Yes. He's most famous from Hamlet, and he was in Dunkirk. And stuff and he's like this super super actor you know yeah. and so nobody messes with him and and so he uh, then you know you get this feeling like oh now i want to do poirot you know, i want to own poirot you know i'm going mm -hmm. to do the definite poirot or something my adaptation of, of him and you you see this kind of uh, he plays it and directs it so it's his production he's he, I want to claim this, you know, and it's, it, it is a spectacle because it's again the cast. There's Johnny Depp and there's Michelle Pfeiffer and there is... Uh, ah, there's Michelle Pfeiffer. Daisy Ripley and yeah. straight off from Star Wars. And I didn't really have so much interest in seeing it because I kind of... I no, no, I'm not into this style and stuff and the mustache a little bit shocked me. Yeah, sure. But, I, you know... I am open-minded. I don't. I'm not so offended about mustache. You or know, like Agatha Christie or, or something. Yeah, like well, Rob has a big ego. Yeah, I don't. I, well, I mean, just the mustache. Like people were shocked that they were. Some people like in reviews said that it's too much or something like this. And Kenneth Branagh said that Agatha. He 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 said that his excuse to making this mustache was that in the in the novel. People, Agatha Christie and people, characters mentions Poirot mustache five times. So that's quite some mustache if people mention it five times in a book. Oh, yeah. So he, he said that that's his excuse to make it into something that people would mention all the time. He, Not he, only this little, oh. but Kenneth Branagh. He chose it himself? I mean, he uh, yeah, apparently, it. yeah. Okay. And I don't mind, I don't doubt that it's a real mustache, like the style. Uh -huh. Some people might like, there is this mustache competition, uh -huh. you know, uh -huh. the weirdest mustache. It looks like from the competition. Like, oh, that's a Belgian thing as well, by the way. <gasps> ah, I thought it's South, now we get into South something. German. No? Well, at least in Antwerp. Ah, I'm, I'm okay. living in Antwerp. Okay. Uh -huh. And in Antwerp there is this thing, um, there is like, um, <laughs> 
there's two moustache clubs and there is this rivalry between the two <laughs> like it's been going on forever and <laughs> both of them claim to be the real moustache club and the original the original uh. and as you say they all got moustaches and big ones and small ones and special ones and they do elections every year like and then you become moustache of the year and stuff it's 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 big and it's important mm. and especially the rivalry between it it would make make the perfect scene for a new <laughs> story actually why like, Roboda like, could go to those clubs and winning he could have gone to David, those David to say yeah could have gone to those clubs and win it with his style, style yeah. and that's it. They would yeah, I all, think he would be with happy whatever with they have big. And I would even he would be happy with his uh, prize of yeah, moustache prize happy in his with, office. Yeah. Yes, I got mine for a moustache prize. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> and frame it very carefully. Yeah, and and, and I now we're talking about the moustache. I, I, in the movie, I, I wasn't uh, so distracted. I didn't mind. No, for me either. I don't but care. It, I've never seen a moustache like that. Yeah, it was but, like but kind of interesting. Yeah, it's like oh, it's like partly beard. Yeah, yeah. and partly then his uh, playfulness, which he he makes really a playful joke. He yeah. makes a jokey joke person as Poirot. Like charismatic jokey guy. Jokey guy who loves at the book he reads and. R runs in the train, runs in the train, this Quora. And, so Albert Finney, right? and yeah, in yeah, but he runs. Yeah, in the, in the, in the bridge. Kenneth, yeah, yeah, he runs. Yeah. And playful. And yeah. first I detested it, the whole thing. I, first time I saw the film. Then, then I thought better and I thought, okay, I have to give it credit. Okay, it's in, he, in its way. Playful Poirot, let it be. It's okay. I I didn't hate it. Yeah. I didn't hate it. From my point of view, he's more. And I think it's what, what you. Well, also with the running, he's more human in a way. I have always, although I, mm -hmm. I of course I love Suchet, but he's uh, he's partly. Uh, I hope I don't offend you or uh, other fans. He's partly robot. Sometimes, in a way, like I this. Guess, yeah. But that's how he is. Yeah. Well, if it if he's like that, mm. then 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 the new one is is made too human. But it's clearly but, a Kenneth. Yeah. Not a bad thing. Ah, okay. It could work, of course. It's not doesn't mean that it's necessarily a bad thing to do a different type of war or stuff it's like this. Not Kenneth Branagh himself. I can see it that he's not like that. He's acting. Yeah, yeah. Playful yeah. person. There. Mm -hmm. I don't feel like he, like you said, he's like an English detective or something. He could, this could be anything. It doesn't have to be Poirot. It doesn't feel Poirot, mm. you know. And 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 maybe it is because they make him too human. But I don't know if that's the strongest element of it. It's not, it doesn't have to have the peculiarities and all of this stuff. It's I don't know what it exactly would be. But I would I would compare this like what based on what you just said. It's very Right. It's very true, and I, I would say that I then in that sense I would compare this uh, way of portraying Poirot and this adaptation to the Guy Ritchie adaptations of Sherlock Holmes. Uh, do you, do you, have you ever seen the newest movies like 
Holmes or I don't know what they're called. The series. No, not the series. Ah. Not Kennedy Underbatch. Ah, ah, no. uh, the the one with Robert Downey Jr. and Jude Law. Yeah, I saw um, once, but I wouldn't bother because my father is was expert on Sherlock Holmes also. That was the other oh. thing. <laughs> yeah. And I read those books, the first editions in Finnish, Sherlock Holmes. Mm -hmm. Completely. So, but I but those Guy Ritchie movies are like this very modernized action movies where it's like Robert Downey Jr. is this muscular man and he they do like this choreographical action uh, kung fu scenes and stuff like this which is something that Sherlock Holmes doesn't do <laughs> he's not an action figure he's a detective and, yeah. and he has very specific traits of how of personality and how he what 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 do you how do you write Holmes and how what kind of story it is So based on that, these Poirots and stuff like this, like it could be that this is how you could do Poirot, you know, in a way. But it's also that type of very clearly, like if you see the movie, it's like this action, modern action movie mm. that is for different kind of audience or American audience very Look clearly. And it's an action Poirot. It's an action figure Poirot. He has an action cane that he all the time uses. Like I, in the very first scene when he's in Jerusalem and he puts it in the in the wall, it's a stupid scene, and and then he calculated everything apparently. It's like the home from the Guy Ritchie movies, like how he choreographed everything, and then he how, and then later I'm thinking like, yeah, that's going to be an action cane. Yeah. He's going to use that cane in a, yeah. somehow, and then yeah. right off like in the end in the in the open card on the bridge, pow, who who he Poirot is. Doing like karate moves, mm. and that's where I kind of you know start to think like that's not really Poirot. You know, you you start to get away from because Poirot is just this little round guy with manners, yeah. very subtle and very and and he would never fight. Or Hastings run. is or the run. yeah Hastings. He would say Hastings, go after them, and then Hastings would drive. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like Warren even didn't drive. He hates driving. He had to hold his hat with his cane in the and He's like, he's very. He doesn't like a lot of. He he likes us to be comfortable in the table. I think that there is also another thing you have to take in mind. Um, some things today, uh, from my point of view, you just cannot repeat anymore yeah. because it's out of date. Mm. To make a new movie. In the very same way today, like big screen and, mm. and, and box office and these kind of, mm -hmm. you, there is there is rules and if if you don't, if you if you put all the rules aside, uh, only in order to be authentic or mm. real or original, mm. if there is a reason why to make a new one, yeah. that's another question. It just doesn't yeah. doesn't work. It's boring. Yeah, it's boring. Mm. That's what Truffaut says. Yeah. But that's that's where I kind of come into problem with it is that he ha then you are forcing this mad source material that is not meant to be that you are not meant to make big spectacle money out of it nowadays out of it and Kenneth Branagh takes that and forces it into this more contemporary uh, oh, yeah. action movie uh -huh. that to to make money to make it into more entertaining and stuff like this but it's like what then why did you take that source material because Poirot is not 
it, it just doesn't fit mm. anywhere. Like you say, it could be a British detective. Just it, Everybody loves a detective story and the time period is cool. Mm. That sells. You know, these nice clothes and stuff. That sells. Like, they, it's clearly how they kind of mix this kind of time. It, it's, it's meant to sell into these young adults, you know, who are into that... Uh, women or men who are into this style and you know they they can kind of relate it's clearly like one it wants to sell it to the audience and it sold it it sold it to everybody it sold it to us even yeah because that's odd yeah because i i can say i liked i liked a lot watching the movie more than the albert film maybe not different oh yeah okay so in what way um, you you like the style or the spectacle, the direction, the the Action. how it's played. All you're mentioning here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I think I, I agree with you, and I like authentic, and but at the same time, he also puts Poirot back on the map. And if not, it might have let's say, of course not, because like Aaron, your children will also. Uh, watch the old Poirot, but it might die at a certain generation because it doesn't appeal anymore. But then sometimes you need, it's a bit like, sorry to uh, start uh, um, uh, um, with James Bond, the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, it was uh, old and, and a lot of people like it. And then now you get the new ones, Daniel Craig's, and it, it it's 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 put it's it's brought back on the map of today and because of this new adaptation people also go to the old ones again and then making old new again mm-hmm. and that's a good thing mm-hmm. like like yeah, a yeah. gate for younger people that otherwise would never have access yeah i think you're right and i feel like it it, so- it sounds like you enjoyed it a little bit better than the older one so I'm defending oh, it more. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> <laughs> but for me, that was for sure. It was better than the old one. Yeah, well, I, I said already that there's a lot of details that are better and worse in both. But which old one do you mean? The one where he shouts. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, like yeah, him yeah. be angry and stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure. It's not everything. Anything is better than that. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, then kind of starting to conclude about it um, if you don't uh, still about the ending mm. of, of what, what, uh, how this kind of concludes this mystery story yeah. and I've been trying to think about it and I feel like it's kind of a mess in my head Kenneth Branagh um, there's this a lot of solutions are so weird like there is for some reason he has to put the characters in the last suburb table if you noticed, the last supper, yeah. I don't know why, why. What's happening? Because no. it's twelve people, so he took the easiest. And it's a spectacle. It's such a beautiful a nice setup scene, yeah. and stuff. And then, <laughs> and he has has a gun, <laughs> and he's like pointing and going to it. Now I tell my solution to everything with this Kenneth Branagh French accent, and and I'm trying to kind of figure him out. Like, what is his connection to this? Why he's going to make the choice that he's going to make? Because that's, for me, the most important thing about this whole story. Why it will work. 
is what does it mean for Poirot? And why Poirot makes the decision? Because it's all that. That's the, that's the most key point moment to me. Yeah. And Albert Finney failed it miserably. It's just like he didn't even recognize it. Just the sat down, whatever. And here he has this long monologue that speaks about that, and, and he tries to all the time talk about these inner feelings and stuff like this. And in some ways, I would feel at that moment, they have been threatening his life. They've been trying to push him over the train, shoot him in the arm, and he's like, oh, he, he, he's a sniper, so he missed, he intentionally missed my arm. And I, weird, like, wh- where did that come from? Like, why? Why did that happen in the story? It's like he's adding a lot of stuff in the story that doesn't make sense for the story, like Mr. Pfeiffer stabbing herself in the that's back. Good. Why? Yeah, that was so weird. It, it, would, it would have nothing benefit for the, for the killers. Yeah. In that, that in way, they add everything. It, yeah. There was not, like, the, by this time, they are like actively have been trying to kill him and like. Behaving like killers. Yeah, not acting like good yeah. people. And, he, and then he says even there to stretch them, like, yeah, I don't see killers. I only see good people. It's like, what are you talking about? After all this action and everything, like, you make you make such an effort to make it into a spectacle where your life is threatened because normally his life is not really threatened. So Kenneth Bragg, because of the American he has to make it somehow that Poirot's life is threatened somehow. That there is life threats there because mm-hmm. otherwise it's not it's boring like city lume uh, young people <laughs> just walk out <laughs> yeah, that's you know? what they do. yeah they just walk out so so he has to have them in gunpoint but then i don't understand why why his decision i don't i and it still puzzles me i do remember that um he puts the gun in front and then yeah, well, but okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, no, yeah. It, I know it's a bit overacting and all, and 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 too um, typical. But at the same time, that's like if if you're in the story, then you can then you follow. He's he's giving them the possibility to get away with mm. all this, mm. and the, this is like the test. Huh? Of course, it's it's too it's too. Um, Honey sweet, yeah. if you know what I mean. Yeah. But um, they got the possibility to get rid of all all the misery, um, to kill him. But instead of it, this one woman, the actress, she steps forward. She points the gun first at him, then at herself, and then the two things happen. So she she shoots shoots herself. Doesn't work, but there's there's no bullets. That's one thing. So she chooses to kill herself instead of Pago, that's one thing. So the test is half okay. Mm-hmm. And then the second thing is, you might have heard um, mm-hmm. the other people's rea- reaction on the killing herself. They're all going, no, don't. Mm. As if, yeah, they're like in a group acting, actually, they're, they're passing the test. Yeah, I see what you mean. There are good people in the end. It's, it happens the same thing in the David Suzette one, where Poirot sees mm. their hearts. You know, like they are trying. They are trying to like Miss Pfeiffer didn't kill him. Instead, she tried to kill herself because she 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 would have willingly put everything on her. And then Kenneth Branagh sees this and is like, mm, "Yeah, I think it's uh, okay. 
maybe you can just go. It's yeah. I think it serves his movie because that's his. That's the movie that one he wants to tell. Mm-hmm. Everything. So yeah. This Kenneth end is a pitiful end. Yeah, and then there's this stupid letter to his lover. Remember, he has this photograph of this woman that they had to add. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. I didn't buy any of that. It was just weird. And then the movie has to end with a hint of a sequel. Mm. Oh, there's a death in a Nile, you say. (laughs) 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 To be continued. Like, Hercule Poirot, Cinematic Universe. Mm. Cheap thing. Yes, and then these green letters. I didn't get it. What is with this green lettering? Remember the title and then the end credit? It's like green. Oh, yeah. I didn't get it. Mm. Why? Is it a white? And then, and then we get into the David Suchet, mm. which the lettering is so beautiful. Yeah. Everything is so wonderfully made. Mm. It's like the style, direction, everything fits yeah. very well. Mm. And, of course, we now have our favorite Poirot, or of the Poirot that we all come to kind of love. Even you, who first read the books, mm. you... Feel like Poirot, Davis, who said, performs it. Best. He follows it so well. Makes him real. Yeah. He's a real character in the books, too, even if he's eccentric and strangely. But he's real. Also, the movie? Yeah. I always thought he's moving, like how he moves his yeah. body and his mm. fingers and everything. Yeah, he studied that a lot, he said, at home. So before. that's described like that in the yeah. books? Yeah. 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 All. Yeah. You 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 get the sense that he's a, a calculative person. That mm. he he is conscious of his movements and, and that he stuff. measures his eggs. That's, yeah. So it would fit mm. that he's like that. If he measures his eggs, you know, he's kind of obsessive. So then it would fit with the performance that he's also in his movements. He's calculative and you know precise. Precise. Yeah. yeah. I think it's just natural to him. Mm. It's like it indeed it's robotic, but it's natural robotic movement. It makes of his Poirot. mind clear. He would never sit in a table like this. He would put it all in yeah. exact. And that's indeed. And the last, the mo- most recent uh, movie makes it most clear. And I think that's also because it's the first movie for a lot of people. Um, but there he says it's it's the scene in which he steps into the. The pile of shit yeah. in the beginning. Mm. There he in Jerusalem. In that's Kenneth where, Branagh, yeah. That's very yeah, the most recent symbol. Th- there yeah. he, he explains the scene is one thing, but here mm-hmm. uh, they explain how his mind works. Mm. He looks like he he wants everything to be perfect, mm-hmm. and sometimes there is imperfection. And that's how he is able to um, s- solve a mystery mm-hmm. because, because in uh, yeah, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Peace is fit to Yeah, and in that that it's a good mm. good example because in that I I can kind of see the performance between Kenneth Branagh and David Suzette is that David Suzette might could do that, but he he does it more subtle and internally. Yeah, you know, Kenneth Branagh has to explain it straight up. But that's also because in the last movie, the most recent, I mean, he he he's different in style. He cannot he cannot express himself 
I mean, uh, he has to explain because he is not he because he's not living it. They chose for him to not to be like the like the original one, mm -hmm. let's say. Um, but then, of course, you have to explain some things because mm. it's it's not fitting anymore. Yeah. So there there is need for explanation. Mm. That's why I, I lean more into David Susser. I don't know. I don't say necessarily that it's a bad scene, but I think in comparison, that's what signs in David Susser. That's like he's, written he in can the book. Tell everything with yeah. his manners and behavior and everything without yeah, telling. Yeah. Well, most of the, like I was when you see the David Susser version is. Very quiet, a lot of scenes, you know, like yeah. he's not all that talkative like Kenneth Branagh or something like that. No, no. And you see just him read, thinking you know. and his opinions, you mm. see it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, that's what's good filmmaking, when you see the, in, visually, the other one is like writing a book and explaining. Oh, I stepped on a sheet, but then I had to step on another sheet. Like if you, if you would do that same scene, but then just don't, don't say it. Just show Guaro stepping on the sheet, and then he looks at it and thinks, and then he's like, and then he steps on the other. Go much better. Like just subtle body language, how how he behaves, yeah. and not say it. I have to. Yeah. But that's that's again. I, I I just say that that's the that's the unfortunate thing to try to make it for American audience. It's a it's a great scene. This stepping on a sheet, if you go into it, like it's a one wonderful visual thing. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe for a second that David Suse would do. It. Yeah, he would. I think he would again do a sheet. Yeah, yeah, that's it's true. It's not in his world. He would make a nice Another, little curse. Yeah, and he would clean it there. We would see or whatever. Yeah, I would clean it. Yeah, I wouldn't see it. More, make more with another leg. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, at the same time, I wanna I wanna continue. Mm. I wanna end this uh, this discussion with the eggs. Mm. So the eggs is, is like this thing, and they have to be the same size. Mm. Well, maybe I'm more the American type of a guy who needs some explanation here and there. Um, maybe not. But the eggs for me. Um, the reason why he does that, by the way, which is explained, I don't remember in which movie. Yeah, don't, don't, don't take it personal or something. He's Belgian. He didn't know David Suchet, yeah. Yeah. Two things I wanted to say, say about it. Uh, it's not a Belgian thing, okay? <laughs> <laughs> to, to have this compulsory idea that eggs have to be the same size. So you can go all... That, that's what, how they... Um, that's that's the the explanation for for Poirot wanting th those eggs to have the same size, but it's because of the the the, the sheet scene that that um, for me it be it became clear. Yeah, that's that's of course that's the, that's just Poirot wanting to um, have this almost in a way. Um, as if he's um, autistic or something. Yeah, he, uh, maybe. And for me, this this puzzle became uh, the whole thing became more clear. And how he does his thing, he like as if he got his gifts out of this. Um, how people say 
well, to be autis- autistic is not a gift because mm. it's difficult to live in yeah. our society mm. um, because most people are not, let's say. Mm. Um, but for him, it, there is also a, like a benefit in it, being probably the best detective in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, it's, like, I think it would be very interesting to go a little bit uh, already in the end, because I think maybe yeah. there will be a lot of discussion about the ending, and it's already a, quite a long time that we have talked about, and we have talked about already a lot of things, and we can mention anything we want from the from the last movie, but it utilizes every point about the story to its benefit, yeah. and concludes everything into the per- most perfect package. Yeah. In my opinion. Yeah, it gives gives to the story all the time. The, even the fact that the train uh, gets broken, which didn't happen in the other ones in the same way, and it starts to get colder and colder, and they have to all be in this one room, and it's in candlelight, and they're all shivering. Oh, oh, not shivering, but they all have to be like <laughs> this. There's a reason why it is there. It's not just, yeah, because that would be cool, but it's because it creates the atmosphere and it has a direct, I feel like a very logical direct impact on why the characters behave in a certain way. They are all, just think about the the atmosphere that in the end they are all together cramped into this this coach in the restaurant uh, coach and they are all uh, tired and cold and they haven't been showering and they are eating this cold food like there was yeah, with some vegetables and just meat that they were eating and stuff like this. So it, it, it fits so perfect that they would start confessing and Poirot would get a little bit nervous and like, it's a little bit dreamy atmosphere even. And I think it fits perfect into that, wh- how, why that scene happens even more than in the other movies. Yeah, it contributes to yeah. the scene. And, that's, yeah. that's great filmmaking, you know. Yeah. To, it was very interesting that we you said you talked about this nice Istanbul. Mm. Oh, what a nice yeah, yeah. Oriental location! Mm. And then we have David Suzet, where it's not so nice anymore. It's mm. this horrible street judgment, mm. uh, stoning yeah, that we witness, and suddenly it's not pretty Istanbul. Now it's the horrible mm. side of Istanbul mm. that we don't necessarily want to see. And and I and I just felt like it it was perfect. Again, it the right decision to do exactly that scene mm-hmm. because it 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 con- include it it adds into the team, it, which is justice. Yeah. And it was referred to the in the later in the same film. It was grounded there. Yeah, and and it's based. It, it, it and was it's based on. Yeah, sir. It, it it's like direct relation to Poirot's decision because now he has to basically kind of see the same thing. Yeah. Street justice, justice, you know, yeah. without in the court. Everything or had a reason. Though. Yeah, mm. and and how beautifully they talk about this justice idea, like all throughout the film, yeah. how they include. Like I was first surprised that Poirot is religious suddenly, religious Catholic. Yeah, it's like what? But like this would be maybe something that is not in the book or something. But again, it's beautifully aligned because now you can have this nice dialogue with the Swedish woman and again talk about more divine justice. And how, how do we treat that? You know, something that is more above. And I love that confrontation in the end between Poirot and the, the Protestant woman, the Swedish woman, about divine justice. Like, 
do you really have the right to to be the hand of God to deliver justice? And then she's like, yeah, but what if he, he God doesn't give justice? Yeah. You know, even though last last dialogue she said, what if God came to the train and gave justice? So she did think that God, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we we said together that that's example case of radicalism, how you take. Uh, Uh, Bible or something, and just make it into your own. You justify yeah. your actions. You use it for your own. Like, like how how she said, the one without sin throws the stone, and I was like, yeah, I don't think Jesus meant this. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Whole film was a complete thing, going to from one thing. Yeah, and and conclusion. And, logical conclusion. Yeah, everything fitted. Everything has explains each other and 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 in the first movie it's just celebrating the murder. In the next movie it's it was beautifully shot this blue ritualistic murder scene mm. and stuff and the next movie I don't remember. But in David Suzette it was brutal. We are like seeing the stabbing see, and it's yeah. like damn yeah, that's bold. Like yeah. that was And I think it, we deserve to see it because we have to see how horrible it is. And the movie doesn't give the characters easily the justice. It's very. We have to be. We have to understand why for Poirot it's so hard, which we doesn't feel in the other movies. And now we really are with him, and it's it's in the most complex situation that you can be with the story. What mm. what why I think the story shines most, which is why I think the That's how you do that adaptation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. is to put you in that 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 difficult spot. What would you do? Is it right or not? What Poirot does? Ah, uh, everybody has to think about it afterwards. Yeah, starts to think about, it. and I have thought about it, and I have come to the conclusion, of course. And what's your conclusion? I want to know. Of course, yeah. It, uh, that it's not right. You have to go according to the law. I also thought that. Yeah, they have to go to. To the court and be judged. Twelve people. I think so. You can't. It's a liberty. What do you call it? Can't slip from the justice. Like Poirot says, if it falls, you have to put it even higher. What did you think? And did what? I'm. I'm not. I'm not so convinced, actually. Uh That you think it was right. I think in some cases it, it. Maybe law is is too strict, and and there is maybe natural laws as well. There is law. There is different laws all over the world. Yeah, but then you have to change them. But I mean, I mean, now this happens in, well, somewhere in Yugoslavia, mm. or maybe before, mm. the murder. If if the if the, if the very same facts would have happened in another country, and there is. I, I, Well, there's so many countries in the whole world. Yeah. Mm. Then the law would be different, mm. and then it would be solved different. And then we here in right now we're in Belgium. From here, people think no, that's no way to deal with murder, but they do. Mm. And then, but but right there, they're in Yugoslavia. If 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 Pogo would have said the truth, then it would have been Yugoslavian. Um, Justice, mm-hmm. which is already different than Belgian justice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, what is the law then? 
Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the law is, is something well made up, mm-hmm. and and it, and I'm okay, I'm okay with the law, <laughs> but um, but sometimes, and maybe this is not the best example, but even here, if if and it depends on the movie you see. Um, there is three different movies, and, and I wouldn't judge all people as as righteous and good as in as in another movie. But mm-hmm. if the people are actually like in their like in the in the core of themselves, good people, and they wanted mm-hmm. one thing, which is justice, with this horrible man, everybody agrees, Ratchet or better Cassetti, yeah, is a horrible man. Mm-hmm. Well then. Mm-hmm. Of course, I'm not. I'm not pro that sentence because that's what I gave him. Um, but but maybe sometimes the the law is not absolute. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah. the law, you have to. I think that you have to go according to the law. And those people also, they were princesses and engineers and all kinds, and they have a lot of money and power. They will call if it goes into Yugoslavia and the court. They will first of all call the advocates, the lawyers from America or somewhere, and very good or the best ones in the world, and they will get a good uh, defense. Yeah. Yeah. The law provides all kinds. Yeah. And mm. then uh, they could, some of them, the Swedish woman maybe, or somebody who would go and start to change the law in Yugoslavia. Somebody good person would go. Be, yeah. yeah. Well, we are changing through human rights and stuff. Sure, laws are changing yeah. all yeah. around the world and stuff. And yeah. I, I agree that law and morality is not the same thing. Yeah. There is a lot of bad laws, a lot yeah. of laws that shouldn't exist, and we have to change stuff. And it's changed through. Yeah. It's like sometimes doing an illegal thing is a moral action, like not going to the back of the bus. Is an illegal thing. Oh, not going to the. But it was the right thing. Car in yeah. so, to concentration camp, but run away. Yeah, there is. <laughs> there. Is, <laughs> yeah, good example. There is a lot of th- these kind of examples as this. For me, it's still it's a lynching. It's it, they they chose themselves who what to kill, who to kill and for what justice and for what right, and it's uh, a. I, I I can see it from Poirot's point of view that that's a dangerous premise. Because hmm. then, who can then in the end say who to kill and what to kill? Hmm. Everybody can have a decision who to kill. And he, Poirot, that's the beauty of this David Suchet Poirot is that by this time, because it's some of, one of the last episodes of the whole series, by this time he has seen a lot of excuses of why people have killed for whatever hmm. reason, and decades he has he, and he has seen he has seen the worst of humanity, and that that's one reason why it's also works so perfect this unfortunately because this long history of this series which yeah of course others don't have which is makes it even better it's all very good by itself but it makes it even better to think that it's a conclusion of Poirot's character where he is at that point that's why he has that unhumane look in his eyes because he has witnessed so much like that's so logical why he would be like that it's like it shivers me to think what is what he has witnessed and how what to think, you know, how would you live after all that? Mm. And and I think that that's why he's so he has to 
so so strongly keep the justice idea and stuff because he he cannot he cannot uh, hand it over to just people's idea of who to kill because we are talking about killing like I said there is a lot of illegal things and stuff and this vigilant stuff Poirot is against it and stuff and I can see the idea of it and, and there's beautiful dialogues where the lady the Jessica Justin says Mary Debenham yeah Mary uh, says like um, that 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 uh, that Cassetti knew the consequences of what would happen you know if he kills that and then Poirot says that so do you and that's why I'm telling that you killed because you should know the consequences as well you should pay for what you did and that one reason why he chose to let them go is because he chose kind of like in the Kenneth Branagh uh, version that they is he. I think one reason was that he saw that they were then willing to give their life, their their future for it. They mm. were not willing to kill Poirot. They were they 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 chose to live with their consequence, and that's an honorable kind of thing. And you can we can go more and more into why he chose and stuff. But I feel like in the end he he. He felt somewhere deep that it's not right to give all these 12 people the sentence for this in Yugoslavia and that it's, it doesn't feel right in, in that way, but it goes so much against his idea of justice. Idea of justice and belief. Because they were, remember, they were talking about Catholicism and the penance. Would God forgive you? I think the end, 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 sort of him holding the Christ and crying is because he is not sure if God will forgive him. Yeah, I think so too. He's, because he's Catholic and he believes in forgiveness. But now his whole idea uh, is shaken. Yeah. He doesn't know where he's at at this moment because he's broken all the rules. Yeah, yeah. as if he let go the last yeah. steady grasp or something. Yeah. Mm. And he's broken, you know, at the end. And that's, that ends so, is so amazing. So if I come, if I come to my final sentence, I think is, I, I can, I come to the fourth mm -hmm. wall of cinema. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I think that I see it the way that David Suchet acts brilliantly, this Poirot, and He's tied with Agatha Christie's script to do that, with the going with the absolvents from the God and feeling the bad. But the David Suchet would not do it himself. He said, no. Would do what? <clears throat> well, this is the fourth wall. Yeah, yeah. It breaks when he's a character of... Hercule Poirot in 100%. And so he cannot, he has to go after Agatha Christie's script to absolve these people and uh, let them go and act ag against his morality and things. But David Suchet will not do that. He would take, would take them to the law. David Suchet? Yeah. We are on his door now at home. Yeah. Open. Oh, David Suchet. Yeah, yeah, I know. He would not do it. Yeah, but he that, would. Mm. He 
This died only because of Agatha Christie into this. That's how I see it. What do you think then? That because we saw this interview of David Suchet, and he said very openly that in the end, Poirot does the right thing. Yeah. Do you because think that he was the most honest opinion, or yeah, I think he was kind both ways honest opinion because he acted. He had studied that act, and he was living it so fully through, and he was acting that person, so he gives him the credit. Like but he himself, if he was actually, never was in that position. David Suze, he would not. Okay. That's how I feel. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's my conclusion. And and just for the record, I guess people will listen to this podcast. Um, for me, I was talking general generally. Sometimes the law is not always... I don't really know because we, we, we just saw three different movies and I would judge differently with with uh, the, the culprits, with the ones who did the murder. Every time there is 12 people and I would judge differently mm-hmm. in all three movies. So it's difficult to say, mm-hmm. would I have done the same mm-hmm. if yeah. I read the book and... and, and, and and I add up my imagination, which is also part of reading a book. Mm-hmm. It, it might be different again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it depends on the situation. Yeah, yeah. Agatha Christie's mind was obviously to make surprise because everybody expects one killer. Mm. So suddenly it's the unique occurrence of twelve. Yeah, and I think it's a con- convenient thing that she then she has to balance it with the most evil person. If it would be a little bit less evil, then we would have different mm. ideas. Mm. Which was a true case, apparently. It was. It, it, was it actually happened, that baby thing actually happened for once. Okay. Uh, pilots who, who, who then their the child most, was kidnapped. The most famous pilot who first crossed Atlantic Ocean. Really? The American, uh, now for... Mm. His name. So, yeah, and his son was kidnapped exactly like Wow. But then the Orient Express thing was. It didn't happen in the Orient okay. Express. No. But, yeah. the Christie, there was an actual Orient Express train that got trapped in the snow for four days. And Agatha Christie apparently got inspired from that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, there is two true events that happened. That's a mix together. Now people do, That's writers cool. do this nowadays even all the time. All, find mm-hmm. all this and combine them. So she did also the... So I want to, uh, just at, ah. the, at the very end, I want to hear from, uh, I don't know if we talked, uh, concluded with David Suchet and stuff, but how would you then take all of these three Poirots and see it from the Belgian perspective? <laughs> how Belgian is he? Yeah, in a way. You also already we, we nicely talked about Albert Finney. And then from your kind of from your words, it really stuck me how you said that Kenneth Bryan would be as English. Uh, is that how you feel about him? That he was there something very specific Belgium that 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 or would it would you actually see that same character as the British who just happen to have a French accent or something? Yeah, actually I would. Maybe an answer to your question is of all three the true Poirot, if, if I may call him like that, he's most Belgian. I think 
Belgians, but actually, maybe you know Belgians more than I do because I am one, <laughs> and you experience one. This, I mean, you are here and you're from there, and and you see people here, and you can make a difference. And you see also British people and also people all over the world. Um, I do know because of experience i go to some country and then i see people and i say whoa these people are these or that um one thing is that um belgian people are modest and um they they will not they don't like to be like generally and there's many exceptions they don't like to be um in the spotlights and the last one the most recent one actually he likes it He's okay. He likes spotlight. Oh yeah. Being kind of he, yeah. He can't live without it. <laughs> yeah. It it looks like it. Yeah. And 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 the sushi one is um, the real one. Um, is um, he's not like that. He he li- he likes the, the to be at, at his own and and just um, well, I I don't see specific Belgian characteristics. Yeah, yeah. I have to mm. read the books and then maybe. But it's it's not very it's I I cannot find Bel- like typical Belgian elements in in Brago. We never have maybe from in none of them. Well, mostly in the David Suchet. Yeah, mm-hmm. I maybe I could kind of see from an outsider. I could give I I could see from David Suchet's performance this type of. Um, uh, Characteristics because Belgium culture, I, how I've witnessed it, is that it's you 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 have um, learned mannerism, you know, from uh, when you are grown up as a child that you 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 behave, you know. Manners, you mean? Yeah, manners. Manners, manners different. Oh, okay, manners. yeah, yeah, manners. Yeah. yeah, sorry, you have manners. Very you know, well you, behaved. You are you are polite. Know, uh, yes, we are. As, at, at least the ones that I met, and you—it's like you don't. Uh, it's not about what you truly feel or something. You you still try to be polite about it and stuff like this. Like in Finland, it's a little bit different. Mm-hmm. We are more straightforward with how we feel about something, and that's something we're not at all straightforward. On the contrary, exactly. Yeah, so yeah, yeah and, for and us, the most is the honesty. Isn't yeah, it? straight. Yeah, the so most. being straightforward. We appreciate it. And uh, the and you know how to small talk. You know how to be polite socially and stuff like this. Uh, people say that Belgians are not most social people, like the Dutch and maybe British or something like this. I don't know, but especially Dutch. Uh, yeah, it's uh, difficult to be as social as a Dutch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I can see that a lot in David Suchet's performance is that there is a certain uh, that he puts forward first manners and being polite, and his feelings about it is a bit in the background, you know. Like mm-hmm. he, he doesn't necessarily like somebody, but he's polite about it. Indeed, it's um, it's our um, weak spot and strength at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So okay. that concludes. Yeah. Our that, talk. Yeah. Thank you for inviting me. Always a pleasure. Thank you for having the idea. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And thank you for all the listeners to be with us. And uh, we will uh, talk next time again about movies. Yeah. Bye bye. Bye bye.
original music for our team was made by Kevin MacLeod. If you would like to get more content for each episode, I recommend checking our website mothersandmovies.com. And if you liked our show, please rate it on iTunes and share it with your friends. That would be really nice. Thanks a lot and bye.